Welcome to the Unbridled Capital Podcast, Episode 1. I'm your fearless host, Rick Ormsby. Unbridled Capital provides the franchise community with innovative investment banking services for the world's leading brands. From tailor-made merger and acquisition solutions to complex capital raises, we deliver unrivaled financial expertise and dynamic growth strategies for our clients. As a disclaimer here, please note that neither Rick Ormsby nor Unbridled Capital LLC are attorneys and do not give legal advice. These podcasts represent opinions only. We recommend that all parties consult their CPA and attorney before entering into any business decision. Any information in this podcast or any further correspondence, emails, or files have been provided for informational purposes only. Unbridled Capital LLC expressly disclaims any and all liabilities that may be based on such information, errors therein, or omissions therefrom. On today's podcast, we're going to cover four topics. The first, an introduction to Unbridled and the goals of this podcast since this is our initial episode. The second is a discussion on Amazon and its recent news for the minimum wage hike to $15 nationwide across its facilities. The third would be valuation commentary for Sonic franchisees, especially in light of the Inspire Brands acquisition of Sonic recently announced at the price of $2.3 billion. And lastly, a quick commentary on Tony Lowings, who has just been recently announced to replace Roger Eaton as CEO of KFC Global. So first, an introduction to Unbridles and the goals of this podcast. Well, my name's Rick Ormsby, and a bit about me, my background, I have an MBA from Vanderbilt and afterwards went to work from Yum Brands Corporate in 2002 for three years. Since 2005, I've been helping franchisees in the sale, acquisition, or capital raising of their businesses. I run Unbridled Capital from our offices in Louisville, Kentucky, and our website is unbridledcapital.com. Why did I decide to do a podcast in the first place? I've been doing videos for the past two years with Quite a bit of success, surprisingly, and increasing amounts of encouragement from franchisees, franchisors, private equity investors, family offices, franchise lenders, and investment firms. I started looking around online, and I couldn't find any interesting franchise M&A podcast, so this might be the only one. The franchise industry, as you may know, has been rapidly changing over the last few years. The age group is now trending much younger, and many investment firms in the Northeast are now managed by professionals in their mid-30s. They're interested in franchising, and podcasting appeals particularly to this age group, but also to, as an example, the 30-unit franchisee who drives to his stores on a daily basis and the busy franchising executive who wants to find M&A information all in one spot. Our goal is to create content twice a week on social media, some of the platforms you know, such as LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook, to do so once a month through white papers, once a month through videos, and twice a month through these podcasts. The various platforms will support one another and will be available all in one place at our website at www.unbridledcapital.com. We hope you like what you hear and read and watch, and you can direct any comments to unbridled at unbridledcapital.com. Now a quick discussion about Amazon. I thought it was big news when Amazon made the announcement that it will be increasing its minimum wage across all its facilities to $15 per hour nationwide. This is on the heels of the September 2018 unemployment numbers just being released, showing a drop of two-tenths of a percentage in unemployment to 3.7%, which is the lowest unemployment rate since 1969. 
The most common complaint I hear from franchisees, and keep in mind I look at P&Ls and franchisees P&Ls all the time looking to understand and improve their EBITDA for the value of their businesses. But the biggest complaint I hear from franchisees in this market right now is the inability to find qualified workers and the intense competition for workers from the likes of Walmart, Target, delivery platforms, even including places like Uber, and now with this announcement, Amazon. I've personally seen the ravaging effects of $15 minimum wage in the restaurant business on the franchising side on the West Coast and in the Northwest. Let me give you a little example of how this plays out and why so many people are so concerned about it. If we take, for example, a restaurant that averages, let's just say a million dollars in sales, it would be typical in the average restaurant. The overall labor would be about 30% or $300,000 and about two thirds of that label to be variable and the other third being fixed labor for managers. If the average hourly wage goes from $10 an hour to $15 an hour, labor would increase in this example by $100,000 a year, assuming no price increases. If an average franchisee has a 4 to 5% profit margin at the very bottom of his P&L after paying the bank and after paying himself and G&A, and I think this might actually be liberal at 4 or 5%, then this labor increase would make his restaurant immediately unprofitable. It'd be in the red because he'd probably be 4 to 5% in the red as a percentage of sales. And what happens next at this point gets ugly. First, landlords don't get paid on time or at all. Franchisor doesn't get royalty or advertising payments. Labor is cut in the store to try to save money. And this results in sales declines, largely because the customer's upset or the workers can't perform the job. R&M is neglected in the restaurants. You'll start seeing the store's landscaping look bad or deferred maintenance, potholes, and air conditioning. And it becomes a vicious cycle that becomes nearly impossible to claw out of. So keep a watchful eye on this minimum wage increase trend as it continues to creep into the middle of the country. We see it pressuring hard in the Northeast and on the West Coast. I would personally not be surprised to see a 10 to 20% drop in franchise restaurant locations in the West Coast in the next few years. Think about that. There's a thousand franchises in a corner of Los Angeles. Maybe two years from now, there's 800. It'll be pronounced and it'll be serious. And people in the middle of the country largely are not taking note and thinking that it's a problem for somebody else. The next topic of conversation is a quick valuation commentary on Sonic franchisees. Inspire Brands just introduced and announced the acquisition of Sonic for $2.3 billion. And this follows a big trend of consolidators across the franchise industry. Started back in the 90s by Yum Brands, my former employer from 15 years ago or so. They bought, of course, KFC, Taco Bell. And, well, actually, it, it was Tricon that was formed as a public company out of PepsiCo with the advent of KFC, Taco Bell, and Pizza Hut in a publicly traded company. Tricon became Yum Brands when they bought Long John Silver's in A&W, and then later, of course, sold Long John Silver's in A&W and still have the three brands. That happened many years ago, and we've seen a continuing trend of it happening today. 3G Capital is a portfolio company out of Brazil. It holds Restaurant Brands International, which owns Burger King, Popeyes, and Tim Hortons. Rort Capital is the largest shareholder in Inspire Brands, the company that acquired Sonic for $2.3 billion. Inspire owns Arby's, Buffalo Wild Wings, R Taco, and now Sonic. Rourke also owns Carl's and Hardee's, Jimmy John's, Culver's, Massage Envy, and plenty of other companies. They have a portfolio of franchise investments and have become a real powerhouse in the industry. For Sonic, it sounds like the headquarters will stay in Oklahoma City. 
Management changes are likely when you see acquisitions like this. And in the near term, I have often seen that marketing and advertising suffers on a post-acquisition basis, resulting in dropping sales and the resulting companies focusing instead on integration and new management. So sales and transactions, as we all know, have been under pressure this year across the entire franchise industry. Burger competition has been incredibly intense, as it always is, and revenues in this space, in this little segment, transfer quickly between companies when someone loses momentum. And my fear here is there might be a temporary loss of momentum on a post-acquisition basis here at Sonic, and I don't want this to happen for them and their franchisees, who are in many cases friends of mine, but don't be surprised if we see a 5 to 10% reduction in business valuations across Sonic franchisees businesses over the next six to maybe 18 months as a result of this acquisition. Finally, we had some news that Tony Lowings is going to replace Roger Eaton as CEO of Global KFC. This appears to be an internal promotion. Tony worked recently in KFC South Pacific and more recent than that was the managing director of Asia Pacific for KFC. KFC Domestic has increasingly started taking orders from international managers as its prevalence in the KFC global community has dropped substantially in the past decade. Unit counts domestically here in the U.S. have dropped from about 5,500 units down to around 4,100 units in the past decade or so. So what does that mean? That means that KFC Domestic's importance has largely lessened. And because of that, I think you're not going to see much change at KFC Domestic as a result of this announcement of lowings to replace Roger Eaton. Kevin Hockman remains the U.S. president, has done a great job, and is stable. So I don't expect much change here. The U.S. business for KFC appears stable after a great four-year turnaround in a number of ways, with assets, with advertising, with operations, with franchisees, a bunch of reasons why. Here in the U.S., I bet KFC Domestic only contributes 5 to 10% of KFC Global operating profit anyway, but expect more of the same with this announcement. In closing, I'd just like to thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Please feel free to visit Unbridled Capital's website at www.unbridledcapital.com for this podcast, videos, white papers, and general information on what franchise companies we've sold over the past year. Thanks a bunch. We'll see you next time.